Welcome to the Wire Bank Sucks Podcast. My name is James Baca, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does, in fact, suck very much. Monday, March 25th, 2019, was a banner day in the technology and banking world. Apple has announced that they're coming out with Apple Card, which is their very first ever venture into the banking world. And it was met on the internet with widespread praise, saying, wow, Apple is innovating their brand. They're coming out with new products, and now they're getting into the banking world. And let's see how amazing they can do in that. Of course, I'm skeptical of every little thing when it comes to banking. That's why this podcast exists. Um, So I always meet things with a grain of salt. But, you know, just kind of doing a broad overview of it, it actually looks like a great idea. But there's one thing that I want to make clear. Apple is not becoming a bank. Apple is licensing their name and their brand to Goldman Sachs, which is one of the biggest brands in the world, which allows them to use that brand on a card and to be able to add all these cool little features for iPhone users that aren't available to the conventional card. So it will be a very different type of credit card experience than what you have in your wallet right now. I really think it's a good idea. It's where technology needs to go. But I think you got to look at the pros and cons of it before you make a decision whether Apple Card is right for you. And in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the things that Apple has mentioned about their card and how they kind of you know, differ from bigger banks, including the place I worked at for 13 years, Bank of America. I know almost every credit card that Bank of America has to offer, so I can tell you kind of comparable things, which one's better, which one's not better. And, you know, we'll go over that in great detail because that's what we do over here. But, I mean, as a person who's not an Apple person, I mean, I own one iPod that I got 10 years ago. I had an iPod Shuffle 15 years ago. You know, it's something that's not in my day-to-day existence. It's just something that I just was never comfortable with. I'm just not an Apple person. That's fine. You don't you don't have to be an Apple person in this world. There's competitors and there's things that you feel comfortable with. More power to you. Those who do use Apple, I envy you because you really love your product and you're willing to spend, you know, extra money for quality and for the most part, quality is going to be what you get from that particular company that is why they're one of the biggest brands one of the biggest companies in the world so you know it's inevitable that apple wants to foray into other ventures and of course with their entertainment and their new gaming service they announced today it's things that are similar to what they do but not quite similar um they're in the same realm i guess but banking is a whole other animal so whenever you deal with someone's money, it's a, it's a lot different than, you know, someone's phone. I always used to tell people in the bank, hey, if you mess up someone's money or their food at a restaurant, they're going to be pissed. If someone's phone's not working well, it, you're not necessarily blaming Apple. You're, maybe you're blaming the carrier. Maybe you're blaming yourself for having too many videos or pictures or whatever on there. But when it comes to money and you're messing with someone's money, they go, what the hell is my bank doing? And if you know your food is cold, you're going, what the hell is that chef doing in the back that's messing up my food? So Apple's getting into some very uncharted territory for them. So I'm going straight to Apple's newsroom just to you know look at the, the press release for Apple Card. And the, the header is introducing Apple Card, a new kind of credit card created by Apple. And it says, built on simplicity, transparency, and privacy, and designed to help customers lead a healthier financial life. I like that. If it's legit, that's great because banking is complicated. Banking is not transparent. And, you know, with all the hubbub that banks, including Bank of America, does about privacy, 
privacy doesn't exist with banks. They share your information to third parties and affiliates so they can sell you more products. So if there's a way to keep your finances private, then more power to them. I'm really, really happy. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, read this and talk about it along the way here. Uh, the first paragraph is Apple Today announced Apple Card, an innovative new kind of credit card created by Apple and designed to help the customers lead a healthier financial life. Apple Card is built into the Apple Wallet app on iPhone, offering customers a familiar experience with Apple Pay and the ability to manage their card right on iPhone. Apple Card transforms the entire credit card experience by simplifying the application process, eliminating fees, encouraging customers to pay less interest, and providing a whole new level of privacy and security. It's available in the U.S. this summer. Apple Card offers a clearer and more compelling rewards program than other credit cards with daily cash, which gives back a percentage of every purchase as cash on customers' Apple Cash Card each day. That sounds amazing. Now, when you read that paragraph, they're immediately going straight for your heart and what's going on in the banking world. You know, privacy is one thing that people complain about with banks. And then, of course, security and ease of use for their product is an important thing, too. Why isn't my card working when I need it to is something that I used to hear all the time. So if it's integrated with the one thing that's most important to you, and guess what? The thing that's most important to a person on their person isn't their wallet. It's their phone nowadays. Then I think that's going to be great. So one of the little headers here says a credit card designed for iPhone. It says customers can sign up for Apple Card in the wallet app on their iPhone in minutes and start using it with Apple Pay right away in stores, in apps, and online worldwide. The card gives customers easy-to-understand real-time views of their latest transactions and balance right in wallet, and Apple Card support is available 24-7 by sending a text from messages. That one is important because there's three things on there that are really important that are different than Bank of America and Wells Fargo. First of all... It gives customers easy to understand real-time views of their latest transactions and balance right in wallet. With Bank of America's credit card, you do not get a real-time view of what your transaction was. I'm pretty close to my limit on my Bank of America credit card as I record this podcast. And I had made a significant payment to make sure that it was going to continue to be under limit. Um, So a couple of bills can go in, you know, phone bill and whatnot. Uh, because I'm looking to pay this down, and I hope you're listening to this podcast because you are helping me a few pennies at a time listening to this podcast. Um, I'm really trying to knock down that balance to nothing so I can get out of that Bank of America um, indentured servitude that I'm in at the moment. So, you know, real-time views is important to me because I saw that I was close to the limit and I didn't want to go over limit. So I made this significant payment to make sure that when my phone bill comes in that I was going to be under limit and I don't subject myself to an over limit fee or hell, they'll even close your card out nowadays um, for being over limit. So I made the payment. I I don't mess around for a couple of days because I want to make sure that a hard posts. I checked it last night before Apple Card was even a figment of my imagination. And then I show that my phone payment for Sprint came through over the weekend, which, I mean, it's normal. I don't, I'm not freaked out about that. But for some strange reason, my payment didn't post when it was supposed to that day. And anytime before midnight, your payment's supposed to hard post and you're supposed to get that credit. So there was a brief fleeting moment on my credit card where I was over the limit for the first time in 15 years with Bank of America, and um, I'm basically waiting it out till next month to see what they're going to do if they say anything, because that was on them. 
it was totally on them, and I'm really frustrated about it myself because I should have paid more attention to it. Maybe I should have paid a little bit more on my credit card, but it's something that I didn't pay attention to, and um, I was kind of left held hostage by the weekend and allowing Sprint to charge me whenever I was under the impression that I had already made a payment to kind of offset the Sprint charge. So go figure on that. The second part of it, um, you know, real-time views and then the latest transactions balance right in wallet, that's great. That's most online banking, is Apple Card support. It's available 24-7. This is a big freaking issue with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and, you know, people of that ilk. Bank of America is not 24-7. They even, they have a, a fraud department where you can do a claim or you can, you know, report a lost card. They're open 24-7. But you can't do anything else. Any general service or any support, any help that you need is not available 24-7. Why do I know this? Because I troll Bank of America Help on Twitter. I don't troll them. I don't talk to them. I haven't blocked. But I view their tweets to clients and I see what they do. And they start at 6 a.m. Uh, local time, mountain time here, which is 8 a.m. Eastern. And they're tweeting until 7 p.m. my time, which is 9 p.m. Eastern. So for 13 hours a day, they're there kind of blowing off their customers saying send us a direct message or do this and that and we'll get back to you basically just trying to buy themselves some time for clients to maybe self-resolve their you know complaints or issues or just for them to say screw this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wait for them uh to respond i'm just gonna close my card out or close my account out that's the way bank of america thinks about it so 24 7 is just a pipe dream for bank of america because they're never gonna have 24 7 service if they did before i worked there then cool but they didn't have it while i was there and they don't have it now so apple card supports already showing them up by providing 24 7 support will it be good support well only time will tell on that and i will be monitoring that the third part of this is apple card support is available 24 7 by simply sending a text for messages here's the thing with bank of america Bank of America doesn't like to communicate by email. Why? Because emails can be screenshotted. They can be shared with, you know, the news organizations. It can be shared with the Better Business Bureau. They can be shared with people who can challenge Bank of America on their service issues because they have a quote-unquote hard copy of their bad service. That's, that's a sticking point for a lot of people because whenever you tweet at B of A help or at Bank of America, someone responds to you, they want you to direct message, which means, you know, they have a private conversation that, in fact, they can say never existed and it's not a public record. There's not idiots like myself screenshotting others' conversations with B of A help because they want to keep it, you know, as down low as possible. But that part of it is they also want you to contact them directly by phone from those tweets. And, you know, of course, they say this call may be monitored um, for training purposes. You can't record them back. If you say, yeah, I'm also recording as well, they'll hang up on you. So you can't get them on, on tape telling you these lies or blowing you off. So it's always he said, she said. So I, I tell people, don't talk to Bank of America on the phone because you're never going to be able to prove them wrong if they are lying to you about something. So it's a pretty bold statement for Apple Card to be available 24-7 by sending a text. You know, text messaging still goes on. I use Messenger myself. Um, but the fact that they're able to text Apple and Apple Card for credit card, you know, service i think is great and frankly i would work for apple in two seconds and their card support 
um, because I really care a lot about credit cards. I really care a lot about how people use their credit cards. It means a lot to me to take care of the credit. I took care of my credit really well until I moved out on my own and I didn't really take care of it because I was kind of overwhelmed by the burdens of trying to start my life in another town. And But I still care about it though. That's the That's the fact of the matter. The next header is easy to understand spending. It says Apple Card uses machine learning and Apple Maps to clearly label transactions with merchant names and locations. That's so cool. Purchases are automatically totaled and organized by color-coded categories such as food and drink, shopping, and entertainment. To help customers better understand their spending, Apple Card provides weekly and monthly spending summaries. To be fair, Bank of America's online banking does tell me I'm spending more than I'm bringing in right now that I'm unemployed. So I know they have quote-unquote machine learning with that, which I think is great. And that's a positive that I'll give to Bank of America's online banking. Is they're trying to, you know, show people, hey, we're more than just showing you how much is in your account. We want you to use online banking for all aspects of your banking. So I, I really think they do a good job with that. But the difference is with Apple, they're using machine learning and Apple Maps to label transactions with names and locations. I think that's humongous in this industry because... I, I've always used the example, and I feel sorry for poor uh, Pizza Hut in my hometown of Las Cruces, New Mexico here. I go to Pizza Hut every so often, and every, not every time, I mean, I'm not that dumb anymore, but, you know, when I first moved down here, I would order pizza. I'd do an accounting of my finances, my bank statement, and I would say, what the hell is Palo Alto LLC? I know Palo Alto is where Stanford University is. I mean, I know it's Northern California. I know, you know, college sports. I'm like, Palo Alto LLC, what the hell is that? And then I'm like, you know, $9.20. What did I buy that's 9 bucks? What's 9 bucks? Oh, Pizza Hut. Yeah, it's Pizza Hut. And then, you know, I'd go to Pizza Hut the next time. I'd look at their little, you know, Chamber of Commerce thing that they're a registered business. It says, you know, so-and-so owner of Palo Alto LLC doing business as Pizza Hut. I was like, okay, okay, so I know who that is. So I used to tell people when they would go into the bank and they'd be upset saying, I don't know who this Palo Alto is, but they took $50 out of my account. First thing I would say is, did you have a pizza party? Yeah, you ordered four pizzas? Yeah, it was a birthday party? Yeah, that's what it is. Palo Alto is Pizza Hut. And then why are they not Pizza Hut? And then I would give someone a crash course lesson saying, you know what, people can call their business whatever they want. So if I want to call it James B. LLC, but I own McDonald's, I'm, my checks are going to say James B. LLC and not McDonald's. So, you know, it, for people who didn't know how banking worked, that was my little crash course lesson in teaching them how to understand their finances. But with this Apple Maps thing, labeling merchant transactions and locations, I think it's great. Because you're going to be able to, and I'm just assuming here with the learning, machine learning, is you're going to be able to sort out, hey, how many times have I gone to this Pizza Hut this year? Or how many times have I went to Walmart? I'm trying to, you know, make myself not go to Walmart more than 100 times a year. How many times have I done that? I mean, you're going to be able to do weird stuff like that. Because the one thing that I can tell you about online banking when it's successful is that people use it a lot. And they like to play around with it. They like to see more about their money. They care more about their money because it's real to them because it's on their phone. Whenever Bank of America promotes something like Erica or they promote just mobile banking in general, they teach you how to use it, but they don't really explain why you should use it. The, the teaching is more to get you out of the bank more than to show you how to just maximize your potential. And I think with this uh, card, I think it's trying to show people, 
hey, you can, you're going to be able to see how much money you spend on food and drink. You'll be able to see how much money you spend, you know, at the movies or whatever. And people can make some strategic financial decisions for that. And it also promotes brand loyalty too. So if someone says, I wonder how much I've spent on gas this year, and they're going to use their Apple card for all their purchases, they're going to be able to do that. And guess what? Any non-Apple card, they're going to, they're not going to use because it doesn't provide them that sort of feature. So you're going to use that card. That way you can specifically to the penny know how much you're spending. And people do, in fact, do that. So that that's amazing to me. Here's a very, very, very interesting one. And it goes right to the gut, the heart, the bowels of Bank of America's cash rewards card. I love it. So it says receive daily cash. It says customers will receive a percentage of every Apple card purchase amount as back as daily cash excuse me unlike other cashback rewards daily cash is added to the customer's apple cash card each day and can be used right away for purchases using apple pay to put towards their apple card balance or to send to family and friends and messages every time customers use apple card with apple pay they will receive two percent daily cash customers will also get three percent daily cash on all purchases made directly with apple including the app store apple stores or other apple services this is cool and this is a game changer and here's why time so you know daily cash is added each day and you can use it right away with the bank of america cash awards card you have i used to say it's an account within an account so whenever you would earn twenty dollars of awards they're like well where is it at and why can't i use it right away i say well when you open a credit card they kind of build a little second account where this money you know kind of goes in and then what you have to do is you either have to call the 1-800 number on the back of your card to redeem it or um, if you have online banking you know you can just hit a button to redeem it into your account and they'll do it within two to three business days each day is amazing and although people aren't going to be able to hoard cash rewards in the way that some of my clients at b of a did where they would hoard you know hundreds of dollars a year in rewards and they would use it for christmas or vacation or something um, the daily cash is cool because you can be strategic about it and say, hey, if I pay my direct TV bill $150 with daily cash and I get 2% back, you know, of daily cash, excuse me, then I got $3 right there and I can use that $3 to buy, you know, two McChickens at McDonald's for $2.49 and I'll have 51 cents over to buy a gallon of water at the water dispenser. I mean, that's cool. That's cool to be able to, you know, strategize like that because that's the way that I think. I think that's next level banking whenever you're strategizing purchases and using rewards to your advantage like that. And the fact that it's added each day is one incentive of paying attention to your account each day, which is means you're less likely to be late or kind of forget about your bills. And you're able to, you know, use the purchase, use it for purchases right away. You can pay down your credit card with that, which is an option some credit cards have. But, you know, it's kind of a hassle. There's like three steps you got to do to do it. Or um, send money to friends and family messages. So let's say you're going Dutch with someone and you're, you're paying for the restaurant tab and they're sending you money. And if they're saying if they're going to be hard asses about it and say, hey, I want my share of the daily cash, you can send them their share if they're going to be that much of a tightwad about it. I think that's really cool. And Bank of America's cash reward is going to be shivering in their boots because basically you're kind of eliminating one thing you're eliminating the time needed to accumulate the rewards it's going to be a real thing to people so yeah maybe it's going to just be added on to your you know 
your little Apple wallet there and you have to do a couple of things, but you're on your phone anyway. And you don't have to talk to anyone or you don't have to log into your online banking and check two to three days later to see if it went in or not. I really think that's the coolest part of it. And I, and I really applaud um, Apple for figuring that one out. I really think that's the most um, interesting thing there. And just looking at the picture of how much was earned in daily cash, $15 from Bloomingdale's, $2 South Loop Market, Chicago, Illinois. I think that's really cool. You're able to actually see and mix it real to you. I just did a podcast about the Keep the Change program with Bank of America. And it would tell you how much money you saved during the course of the day that went into your savings account, but it won't tell you how you got there. This tells you how you got there, and it tells you your total for the month, which I think is really, really cool. This next one's kind of a hidden miss pro, I guess. It says no fees and lower interest. There are no fees associated with Apple Card, no annual, late, international, or over-the-limit fees. Apple Card's goal is to provide interest rates that are among the lowest in the industry, and if a customer misses a payment, they will not be charged a penalty rate. There's a little tiny one uh, next penalty rate on there, and I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to read it to you as I'm learning it myself. And it says, to help customers make informed choices, Apple Card shows a range of payment options and calculates the interest cost on different payment amounts in real time. That's really, really cool. As a way to pay less interest, Apple Card will also suggest paying a bit more every month and offers the flexibility to schedule more frequent payments. I'm a madman. I pay my credit card 10 times a month um, just because I want to just make sure I'm keeping myself accountable with what I'm spending, particularly right now that I'm unemployed. And I really think it's important to show a bank that you're using their card and using it some more. That way they can say, hey, we really want to retain this customer, so maybe we can offer you know him or her a better product. So I'm going to scroll down really quick and see if I can find a little one on here. And it says, late or missed payments will result in additional interest accumulating towards the customer's balance. Okay, that's fair enough. That's not that's not horrible. So if the customer misses a payment, there's not a penalty rate. They do charge interest, just like any credit card would. And this one, of course, is going to charge interest as well. Apple Card's goal is to provide interest rates that are among the lowest in the industry. When this card launches, I will probably do a podcast and talk about the interest rate of that card com- comparable to other cards in the market. You know, I 14.99% is probably the lowest card you can get now with the interest rate hikes, and that's a non-rewards card. A rewards card's probably at 16% right now, depending on you know who you go to. So anything above 16.99%, and then you know they say among the lowest, so I guess they want to just be, you know, tied for the lowest or at least in the top five or something. So yeah, they need to make their money too. So it's going to be a little bit higher than a normal, just good old-fashioned credit card. But hopefully, it's not going to be that much higher than uh, the top-tier rewards cards that City and Bank of America have. No annual fee; it's par for the course. There's very few cards, except for you know, like American Express, that have an annual fee, you know, tied tied to them. I, I don't think you should pay for those cards if you can help it for the annual fee. That is. No late fees. I think that's great. Sometimes people forget. Sometimes your due date's on a Sunday. Hell, my Discover card last year's due date was on Christmas Day. So, you know, people forget or people just kind of lose track of time or they're busy. And on Christmas last year, I was sick. I had the flu. I was with family or avoiding family on Christmas trying to not get them sick. And the last thing I freaking did was look at my Discover card. So I think that's important. Uh, no international fees is amazing, except for Bank of America's travel rewards card that, um, one, doesn't work when you go to another country in most cases, and two, 
um, is not necessarily a card for everyone. Some of my preferred clients can even get approved for that. International fees are typically 3% whenever you do use it. Whenever you're using your iPhone to make the credit purchase, I guess it's superseding the the interchange fee that a bank would pay to another bank uh, in order to let you use your card. So I think that's why that fee is going away. And over the limit fees, a lot of banks have done away with them as part of, you know, new regulations in the last 10 years or so. You know, And I think that's great. Um, announcing that's no big deal. I think most cards have that now. Um, the whole showing the range of payment options and calculates the interest on different payment amounts in real time. It does remind me of how um, whenever you're going to like a food truck and they tell you, do you want to tip 10%, do you want to tip 15% or 20%? And Square usually is the one that does that. will break down exactly how much that percentage is to the, to the penny. And I think people like that. I think people will pay more on their cards if they see how much more of a difference it's going to make on their interest and whatnot. So good for Apple for showing that. Transparency is really, really important. Um, it'll suggest also paying a bit more every month and offers the flexibility to schedule more frequent payments. That's awesome too. I really think that um, you know Apple's saying, hey, yeah, pay more each month. That way you can lower the interest and you can you can save more money in the long run is going to breed more business for their card. You know, they're going to get their money anyway with your usage, not just off of interest. So if you're paying it to zero every month and they say, hey, you should pay it to zero, guess what? They're still going to get their little piece of the pie when you use it again and again and again. So, you know, don't cry for Apple on that. They're not really sacrificing. That's a strategic kind of play saying, hey, you know what? We're going to do something cool to help our customers and they're going to uh, pay us back in return by using the card more. A new level of privacy and security Here's another part. A unique card number is created on iPhone for Apple Card and is stored safely in the device's secured element, a special security chip used by Apple Pay. Each purchase is secure because it is authorized with Face ID, Touch ID, and a one-time unique dynamic security code. The unique security and privacy architecture created for Apple Card means Apple doesn't know where a customer shopped, what they bought, or how much they paid. I don't really understand that part of it because Apple should know how much you spent, what you bought, and where you're at for security reasons, of course, because what if my car got stolen? So I guess more to come with that. Uh, unique card number. My first question is, does the, the client know what the card number is? Is it going to be something that obviously you're probably not going to get a paper statement? So how will we know aside from messages, you know, if you're contacting Apple support, what my number is or how am I going to be identified? is my thing and the third part is do they have telephone support for that and if then are they going to ask me for an account number or a security code i think sometimes too much security is possible because you want to give the client the ability to understand what's going on with their information and what's going on with their card numbers so when you're pulling a credit report and you see apple on there you're like well what's my card number for apple well i don't know it doesn't have it on there there's an account number, a reference number, something for everything. So I, I really hope that that's part of it. I think, you know, being as secure as possible is great, but you don't want to secure you don't want to secure information of the clients from the clients as well because then then you start to get into some weird territory. And one of the last uh, bullet points here, it says Goldman Sachs and MasterCard. It says Apple is partnering with Goldman Sachs which means Goldman Sachs is the issuer of the card, and MasterCard to provide the support of an issuing bank and global payments network. 
as a newcomer to financial services, consumer financial services, that is, Goldman Sachs is creating a different credit card experience centered around the customer, which includes never sharing or selling data to third parties for marketing and advertising. Bank of America does not do that. They share it as much as they possibly could. MasterCard allows customers to shop in merchants uh, throughout the globe. So, of course, with that, Goldman Sachs is the, the front man for this. Apple is essentially saying, you can use our information. We'll be a silent partner, but we want to put our brand out there. Goldman Sachs is, I think Goldman Sachs, I think rich people. So, they're, they're kind of banking on the average customer doing business with Goldman Sachs after this, saying, hey, yeah, I know Goldman Sachs, they do Apple Card. Maybe I can have my parents set up a savings account for me or whatever you know i really think it's a long-term play to get more customers for goldman sachs because unlike bank of america or wells fargo they're not trying to thin out their customers they're trying to build a more diverse customer base because when you build a better base you have more opportunity to grow your business the last part of it here is a beautiful titanium card apple has also designed a titanium apple card for shopping at locations where apple pay is not accepted yet no card number, CVV security code, expiration date, or signature on the card. Apple Card is more secure than any other physical credit card. All this information is easily accessible in, in wallets, using apps, and on websites. For purchases made with a titanium Apple Card, customers will just get 1% daily cash. You know, I'm glad that they still do that. They're kind of incentivizing you using a digital transaction because that means there's less people that have to be paid along the way. And, of course, Bank of America charges their merchants crazy amount to accept a rewards card whenever they're a small business so the titanium card i'm sure it's going to look amazing i'm sure it's going to be the heaviest card out there it's going to be like that fire fest guys uh credit card for exclusive people you know hopefully it's more well thought of than that one um it says with no card number cvv security code expiration date or signature on the card it's more secure than any other physical credit card Here's where I think the too much security thing kind of comes into play with Apple Card. No card number, no CVV code, expiration date or signature. So I, I just really don't know how that's going to work for, let's say, go to some old man's general store in middle of nowhere, Texas. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really know about smartphones. He, you know, he's had the same Visa card with, you know, Citibank for 30 years. He doesn't really know all the evolution of that, but he still accepts credit cards because he knows that's what the tourists, you know, use. So someone rolls in there with an Apple Card MasterCard that doesn't have the person's, um, you know, card number on there. It doesn't have an expiration date. It doesn't have, you know, sometimes the merchants look at the back to see if the signature matches the paper receipt. And it doesn't have an expiration date. It's going to look like a very heavy, like, grocery rewards card. So... I'm I'm fearful of people not being able to complete transactions because there's going to be people who aren't Apple savvy who are going to see this card and go, oh, this doesn't look like a real credit card. I don't feel comfortable doing it. Some merchants will still do the whole, I'm going to use a piece of carbon and I'm going to scrape over your card number with a pencil. That way I have record that you existed here. Although that's older than the hills, I'm 35, about to be 36 years old, and I think that's um, something that whose time has passed. I still see that happen in this part of the world. So if someone doesn't have anything to scrape over carbon, will that business accept that credit card? And at that point, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket with Apple, I think that's where you're going to kind of get screwed. So, you know, little one-off things like that, that 
aren't necessarily indicative of someone's experience every single day, but do happen, I think you got to worry about. You know, expiration date signature. What if you want to buy something over the phone? You know, I, I there's so many things that can be wrong with that. And I won't say that's one of the reasons why Apple Card sucks, but this was just announced a few hours ago. I decided to do a podcast about it. Uh, one of the selling points is on here, but to me it doesn't make sense as a banker. And, you know, of course, the Bank of America, they're hiding their card numbers on the back too for your security. But it's still... As I, as I mentioned, still with the old people running the number on a carbon or, you know, things like that. Sometimes those things come up and, frankly, it's one additional level of stress that you don't want to have in a day. So there's going to be further news about Apple Card. Apparently, it's supposed to come out this summer. I really think that this is a great idea for them. And it might be the most successful credit card of all time when it's all said and done. That's just speculation on my part, of course, but... I think at the at the end of the day, it's a good idea, but we'll see how enthused they are a year, two years, three years out, because, you know, we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be successful. Apple has had a high batting average when it comes to being a successful uh, company that develops products, but, you know, you're you're allowed one stinker every now and then, and this very well could be it. You just never know. And Apple Card, I think, is going to provide um, some nice competition to some of the bigger banks out there because people like brand loyalty. I wrote a book about Las Vegas about six years ago, and I wrote another one about four years ago. And and the one thing that I can tell you is the people who would buy my book on Amazon, they would I would see the, you know, your customer also bought this. And it was always a Vegas book. It was always something about Vegas, whether it was about gambling or drinking or the seedier parts of Vegas. They would always buy all the Vegas books, and I really thought that was cool. I was like, wow, you know, I'm selling them a product that they were going to buy anyway. I just put it out there, and I reaped the benefits of of their obsession, of their addiction, of liking, you know, everything Vegas. So with someone who's into everything Apple, they got the AirPods, they got the iPhone, they got Apple TV. You know, there's they're the type that's going to use anything that has Apple on there because they want to be one of the cool kids. It's sleek, it's clean, it's futuristic looking. And I, I like that about Apple. I like that they care about their presentation a lot. I think more people should in this world. But, you know... Hopefully there's stake with the sizzle. Hopefully that they're into it and their customers are into it. And they're going to obviously get it just because it's Apple. But are they really going to help their customers long term? I don't know that. I just really am kind of skeptical about it because it's so brand new. But of course that's why there's going to be other podcasts for other times. So you you got to figure one thing out. You know, Apple's trying to think towards the future. They're trying to think of a world where Hey, you're not going to step in foot, you know, step foot in the Bank of America or Wells Fargo because they don't exist anymore. Bank of America and Wells Fargo have tried to eliminate their their branches, eliminate employees, and they're doing a good job of getting rid of people, but they're not doing a good job of showing people how to make life easier through technology. Apple saying, "Hey, we're all technology and you don't need to have an Apple bank. We're going to be there for you through text messages and through all the ways that, you know, Bank of America, Wells Fargo or Chase aren't." And I think that's really cool. And going forward, even if this isn't a success, much like in football 20 years ago, the old XFL, you know, they had 
different angles, different camera angles for TV. They had, you know, different rules, experimentations that ended up being implemented in the NFL. Uh, unsuccessful product led to a better product for the for the competition. So even if Apple Card fails in five years, hopefully Bank of America will learn something from there and make themselves better. I hope so. I mean, if not, then they're idiots. But I think more competition is great because it puts a fire under the butt of all the big banks and saying, hey, there's a new kid in town and they're going to come for the one thing that you're not paying attention to. You're pandering to people who have iPhones with your app, but their money is going to be tied into their phone as deeply as possible right now and you're going to have to step up your game otherwise you're going to lose that client and i think with a nod to technological advances and a nod to you know innovativeness i think apple is right where it's at but it's also another one of the reasons why your bank sucks my name is james baca and there's going to be some brief promotional consideration um shortly here And after that, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on future podcasts. So it's going to be about um, 60 to 90 seconds worth of promotional consideration. And I'll be back to wrap things up. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast today about Apple Card. Um, I really am a buyer of this idea right now. I really think it's innovative. I really think it's next level stuff. Uh, my, of course, skepticism is still there, so hopefully they answer my questions and then I can kind of address in future podcasts. I really think Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, among others, should really take this as notice that, hey, there's a new kid in town and something um, impactful can happen from this product rollout coming this summer. And, of course, we'll be here to discuss that as time warrants. Um, We have a few more podcasts coming uh, later on this week. I promised you a podcast about the history of the paper check and how it's being used and exploited by banks against their customers. That's um, in the can already. I just had a couple things with um, the podcast that I was working on that I didn't get a chance to post it, but that will be coming really, really soon. And of course, I wanted to do a podcast, a bank fail, about something that's near and dear to my heart, something that is probably a contributing factor to me losing my job with Bank of America, and that's Bank of America um, app and the Erica portion of it. I really think Erica is probably one of the stupider things that Bank of America has ever done, and the podcast will explain why I think it's stupid. The The podcast will explain my attempts to use it horribly, and I will also explain why they think that it's such a great idea to have this automated piece of junk that does absolutely nothing for you, Yet it's promoted so heavily in banks, you know, inside bank branches. They have signage for it. I was wearing name tags with Ask Me About Erica up until the moment I got fired. So many things going on with that that one little add-on to one product that I think is embarrassing to Bank of America as a whole. And I'm going to be here to explain it. Go to um, at Bank Screwed Us on Twitter. That's my running dialogue with Bank of America clients and how they're being impacted by at B of A help and Bank of America on a daily basis. I have my personal Twitter at James B is right. I also have um, at Bank Sucks Pod. That's the Twitter handle for this podcast. I don't really communicate with clients on there. I mainly post advertisements. But of course, go to WireBankSucks.com. Uh, for more information about the podcast and a lot of my projects. And there is going to be a shop that's going to be launching very, very soon. 
Just to let you know, if you're listening to this podcast on Anchor, I will donate one cent for every play that you play the the whole track through and through, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, um, Radio Radio Public. I mean, it's all there, and it's all amazing stuff. Please click on it. They'll record it, and I will donate a penny for every person who plays this podcast. We can make a lot of money uh, for charity if you do such a thing. I have picked a couple of mental health charities that I do want to list on my website. I just want to get their permission first and foremost before I make anything official on there. So continue to click. I will keep tally of how many times um, my podcast has been played, and I'll be so glad and thankful to donate any um, proceeds to a charity yes of course i'm going to be making some money too on the advertising part of this podcast but i really think in order for this podcast to be legit that i do have to give back something to the community and it's not just my bank knowledge it is going to be the fact that if we can earn money while exposing banks and their horrible business practices i really think that's something that's worth doing so by all means please click on the podcast click on it a hundred times Click on all the podcasts, even if you don't listen to them, because I really think that's important that we get our plays out there. If you have Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Put your name on there. We really want to make this as big as possible. I'm willing to be in it for the long haul, so I hope you are too. Uh, once again, my name is James Baca, and this has been the Wire Bank Sucks podcast. I really thank you so much for listening, and you have yourself a great day. Goodbye.